We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Excited that you're here doing another uh, broadcast tonight. Just uh, just a few moments ago, wrapped up with the Foundation for Physical Therapy Research, their annual uh, networking and donor reception virtually, of course. That's what we're doing these days. But uh, I want to thank the foundation for including us in uh, in that. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be letting you know about these things. We're giving away some great pint glasses. I drink and I know things. That was the, uh, the last glass that we had, one of my favorite lines from uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, we're going to be giving some of these away from our friends at your CBD store. Uh, to get in the running for those, hit ptpinecast.com on the website. Very simple to uh, to register to win. And once you're registered, we're going to be giving away a lot of these later on in 2021. So get in the running now, and you increase your chances of winning ones. We'll ship these things to you. Might as well have a pint with us while uh, we're doing the show. Uh, at your CBD store, a new sponsor, they know you want to be an up-to-date physical therapist. In order to do that, you need the latest information about CBD. If your patients are taking it or using that, you're not going to be prescribing that. But if they're interacting with that, how's that going to affect your patients? How's it going to affect treatment and their outcomes? Uh, the problem is there's a lot of information out there on CBD and what that does in a lot of different sources and so little time. You're busy. So finding the right information can be daunting. Here's what you do. Go to CBDRX4U.com, CBDRX4U.com. Uh, they've, got a, uh, they've got a physician in charge of that organization putting out great research and educational links. Check out those links and begin speaking confidently and clearly about CBD for your patients. It'll make you feel a little more prepared. And that's what you want. Again, that website, cbdrx4u.com. I want to thank those guys giving away some of these pint glasses coming up soon. Are we ready to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy. I'm Jimmy McKay. I'm your host. Uh, where are you watching? We're doing a live stream at PT Pinecast and all the social media channels. Where, where are you watching from? All right. If you're watching a live stream, just kind of drop live and where you are geographically. I'm just always curious where you guys watch this thing from. It's a little weird. I record it in my living room. I'm like, oh, yeah, other people actually watch and listen to this thing. Uh, if you're watching the replay as well, uh, just let us know there. I'm just always curious. So let us know where you are. I love doing that thing. Uh, we've got uh, a great show for you tonight. Before that, a special celebrity cameo. Can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the... it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. I can, I can see that. He's not a cat. Sometimes you hit a button and you're a cat. Where? How did that happen? I have no idea. If you have no idea what the reference is of what we just played, it was court proceedings. That was a lawyer who somehow hit a button on his computer and brought up a Zoom Snapchat filter. He was doing virtual court as a cat. And he couldn't figure out how to get rid of that thing. I, as you can see, Judge, I am here. I'm not a cat. Yes, yes, we know you're not a cat, so thanks so much. All right, let's. we got that out of our system. Uh, our guest tonight, a registered dietitian and sports nutrition consultant for the Kansas City Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Uh, lecturer for the DPT program at the University of Pittsburgh and founder of her blog, Active Eating Advice, 
also co-founder of a sports nutrition consulting group called Performance 365. Let's bring in our guest tonight, Leslie Bonsi. Leslie, welcome to the show. Hey, Jimmy. Thank you so much. I, you know, I don't have my cap filter because that would be a catastrophe for me. So <laughs> you know, I have to do something else. I love it. I just Leslie, love it. Leslie, you bring the puns. I'll bring the, uh, the Facebook uh, Snapchat filters. That's what I'll do. I saw that thing and I was like, you know what? At least we got a little levity in the world today courtesy of that the thing that confused me though i showed just the the screen that the guy with the filter was on. how did the other two guys not lose their minds because some people just don't have a sense of humor i mean honestly they don't but i was hysterical when i saw it the first time you could hear the the, the judge off camera he wasn't on, but even he was like okay i think this is a filter and you know poor poor lawyer guy was like i don't know how to do this you could see his eyes darting around in the filter so i kind of felt bad but you know what if that's 15 seconds of us to uh getting us to laugh i will take it right now you got it every day we have to find the humor i i believe in that strongly i love that all right in your intro registered dietitian sports nutrition consultant for the kansas city chiefs uh congratulations unfortunately you know lost in the, in the big game but I mean, heck of a run, right? Winning it last year, doing fantastic. I mean, I don't want to go on a limb here, but I think the future is uh, is bright for that franchise uh, with some of those players. You know, I have absolutely no doubt. And right, there's only going to be one winner. And sometimes you bring your A game and sometimes the other team does. And that's the way it was then. But uh, the team is so talented. And not only will they be back, but hopefully they'll be back without having to be in a bubble. Uh, without yeah. having to deal through a pandemic. And that in and of itself was absolutely masterful that we were able to orchestrate an entire season with minimal problems. Let me That's tell great. you, it is not an NBA bubble of a few. It is an NFL bubble of several. The first round is on Owens Recovery Science. Owens Recovery Science is a single source for PTs seeking certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Find out more and get certified at OwensRecoveryScience.com. All right, Leslie, first question. We always get the hard questions out of the way early in the show because who wants that? First question is always the hardest. What are we drinking tonight? Uh, we are drinking a hip hip rosé. So there we go said leslie but you bring the puns i'll bring the facebook uh filters uh i've got a, a juice bomb ipa from sloop so cheers to you leslie for coming there on the show there we go all right so uh what's your superhero backstory uh registered dietitian so obviously nutrition and how that affects the human whether they're going for performance whether they're going for lifestyle whether they're trying to uh you know uh, live with a chronic ailment uh why'd you decide to get into that profession what about adrian yeah, so I actually started out in the field of biopsychology, and I, I, I went to Vassar College, and I hated it, so I graduated in three years, and then it was like, oh my God, now what? And my parents said, oh my God, now what? And so it was either medical school or public health, and I wasn't really sure I wanted to do medical school, went to graduate school of public health, and literally the first class was a nutrition and child, uh, nutrition, women, women and child health, and it was, oh my God, that's it. As trite as that sounds, it was the proverbial light bulb at that time. And this is what I want to do. Said that the professor, this is what I want to do. She said, you're not an RD. I said, we'll deal with that. And we dealt with that. So it was working full time, graduate school, the undergrad courses that I needed, an incredibly supportive husband. And then there were no jobs in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So we're like, ah. went to West Virginia, uh, worked in Wheeling and had the 
the opportunity to work with sports medicine docs and also exercise physiologists and said, all right, we can put this all together with cardiac rehab patients, with PT patients, with pulmonary rehab patients. And it's not either or, it's that beautiful blend. You've got all these people around the table that become the support system for that patient to help that patient achieve the goals. And then it kind of started from there, came back to Pittsburgh, called the Department of Athletics, said, you need somebody to work with your athletes. And they said, yes. And I said, oh, crap. <laughs> now what? <laughs> so I, I worked with the Department of Pitt Athletes and then got a call from uh, John Norwick, who was then the athletic trainer for the Steelers. And he said, would you like to work with the Steelers? Like, I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. I guess so. Yeah, I kind of went from there. So I spent 24 years with the Steelers. This is now year eight for me with the Chiefs. Uh, I've worked in MLB. I've worked in NHL. I've worked with the WNBA, worked with ballet, and all along PTs and ATC. They've been my group. They they really have. I have a, a son and daughter-in-law now who are PT. My sister-in-law with an AT. And just, you know, it's not either or. You work together. And really helping is kind of reconstructing and rebuilding somebody and re-nourishing that individual so that everybody gets the best outcome. We make each other look good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can, and you can look at it as a turf. This is mine. This is yours. And you're not going to get any effective results that way. Cause you're dealing with a human humans aren't turf. Well, let me ask you this working at a, at a level like that, you know, NFL, MLB, WNBA, um, how can a physical therapist improve themselves to make themselves a better partner to working with RDs or ATs? Like, wh- like how can we be better? How can we be a better team player? What, what's some advice? I'm sure you've seen t- people do it really well, Maybe you've seen a couple people not do it well. What are some things that we can definitely do or steer away from? You know what? I think that the most important thing is to identify the resources in your community. Are there dietitians in your community? Every community has somebody. And you know, and depending upon the area of practice, you might not need somebody who's a sports dietitian. But if you have a diabetic patient, you know how can you help that along? I mean, how can we make sure that somebody's not having to worry about their blood glucose levels while they're doing PT? I mean, that's, that's important. And there's a lot of online information available, but I think there's something to be said for communication and bouncing ideas off of somebody like your support RD is okay. Can I just call you if I have questions? I do that with PTs all of the time because I think that it's really important. And again, we learn from each other. So it's kind of that other part of service. There aren't a lot of PT programs that have an RD on site. Uh, our, our son said, why don't you just move to Maryland? This one is not going to happen right now. But I, I think it would be great. I mean, in the ideal world, if Leslie was the queen, then that's the way it would be. And we would have that collaboration going on all the time. But we can have virtual collaborations and communications and webinars, and it, it betters us all. So you know, we, we flesh out the things that we don't know well, and we play to our weaknesses, because that's what we need to do. We all have strengths, there's no doubt about it, but there's always some things that, eh, I don't know that. And honestly, that's what I love teaching to the second year DBT students, because it's really a free-for-all. I was doing it in one lecture. It's like, no, we had to make it three. 
because they had so many questions. It's what about paleo? What about keto? What about this? What about that? Because there's all this crap online to find and like really getting the down and dirty. I'm not sugarcoating anything. That's the way that it is. You just hear the snark. It just spews right out. Yeah. Yeah. We, we opened the show with talking about one of our new sponsors, CBD. And that's that's another topic that's come up. You know, That's something out there. And how do you become more educated? You look around and you go, well, we do what we all do, right? We go to the journals. No, we Google it. We Google it first. And then we figure out where are the resources, what's going to be accessible. And you want to make sure you're getting the right information. And I always say what you had just said right there, which is go to someone who's an expert at this. Ask a question. And then the hardest part, listen, allow that person to educate you, right? You, yeah. you've, you've made the first step in asking. Make sure you listen. We uh, Before we hit record, before we went live tonight, um, we, we had kind of got on like a, a side combo. That happens before the show. I'm, I, and I honestly, a lot of times before the, the show goes live, I try not to have conversations. But it's awkward because we're sitting in this virtual room. But I know like if we start talking, it's just going to go. But we started talking about a patient that I had when I was still a student. And I mentioned we're talking about foot and ankle. Sometimes foot and ankle can be really difficult. For me, it was. And I had this one patient. I tried everything and nothing was working. And you had some really great advice. You highlighted what a teaching moment was. Talk about that because I think it frames it. I think it framed it well. Well, we all have our area of expertise and we all have competence. But I think the most important thing is it's not just about competence, it's compassion. And I will say that personally is I have patients that I work with and we don't talk about nutrition at all because that's not really what they want to talk about. It's not our agenda. I mean, it is, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to rehab somebody. So we have to make sure that we accomplish this, that, and the other. Got to listen first. You have to meet that person where they are before you advance anything. And sometimes the dialogue is not going to be about what you would plan to do. It's going to be about listening to them, answering their needs, being the shoulder for them to cry on, being the one who is the consoler or the cheerleader or the entertainer or some combination of yeah. all of those things. That's what makes us good professionals. I was always so confused. I won't call anybody out, but I've worked at a few locations as a physical therapist where PTs would prep their notes before they saw a patient. Let's say it was a patient they had seen before and they'd prep their notes. I'm like, but how do you know? How do you know what you're going to do? Or how do you know what you're going to be? What's the direction? What if they come in and everything goes complete hard right? And what if something happened on the way to that appointment? What if they lost their job? What if they were in a car accident? What, you know, there's all kinds of things. Can usually is before we even engage with what our strategies were going to be is to really look at that person and listen to them. How are you doing today? That there's a good starting point. It has nothing to do with what it is that you're planning on doing with them, but let them answer you. And that sometimes, then that's, there it is. You've set the path for what that session is going to be like. Tell, tell me more about that. Sometimes is, is we've we talked about people who ask great uh, questions. Tim Ferriss is a podcaster and a writer and Joe Rogan, another big podcaster. If you listen to those guys, like they got big followings. Some people think Rogan's crazy. He's a little crazy, but he asks these really great questions that aren't questions. Tell me more about that. That's not a question. Well, that's a, that's a door. Because all of us uh, with a science base and evidence base, and we do, so typically we start with logic, the way it is. No, the person who is on that table is all about emotion. Yeah. They're in pain or they're just delighted that this is going to be their last PT session or they're really looking forward to getting back to whatever it's going to be is that's first. 
You've got to lead with the emotion. You have to find that common ground. I always talk about it like reaching across the aisle. Let's find our commonalities so that we can actually then advance together. Is our purpose, they're the driver. That's not our goal. We don't have to be the backseat passenger who's annoying. We're the pit crew. And that's exactly what it is that we do to help people get to where it is that we want them to be. Very quotable. We're the pit crew. We're the pit crew. That's what we are. Uh, you bring up the Steelers, and I was fortunate enough to uh, to, to be at a conference a couple of years ago. Stefania Bell uh, and uh, was uh, was co-hosting this. It was in D.C. and uh, Rachel Rachel uh, or excuse me, Robin West with the the Redskins, yeah. and she yeah. was kind of like the the mastermind behind it. And I was lucky enough to kind of I don't know how they let me in the door, but they did. Ryan, uh, Ryan Clark from the uh, the Steelers, former Pro Bowler, uh, defensive back, he was like the, one of the keynote speakers. He had, I remember hearing about it back in whenever it happened. He had an issue with his spleen, sickle cell with spleen. He almost died before they knew what that was. He was degrading and his keynote address to a room full of orthopedic surgeons, sports doctors, PTs, professionals, his message had nothing to do with football and everything to do with, I was laying there dying and I had one doctor say, well, we ran all the tests and they were negative. So I don't know what to do. Good luck. And he kicked that doctor out. Thankfully. And he met up with another doc who said, I have no idea. All your tests are negative. I don't know what to do. Pause. But I'm going to keep doing. Where do you think we should go? What do you think? Ryan, what do you think we should do next? Like, you know, now we're a team. He was his pit crew. That's just a great way of looking at it. And and, and, and Robin West, adore her, had a chance. I, I uh, was the director of sports nutrition at UPMC for years and years. So I worked with Robin very, very closely and everybody that was there. And yes, it it's patient led. It really is their agenda, not ours. It isn't appropriate for us to just say, this is the way it is and la la la, and I can't hear you. And there's always solutions. We may not know all the answers. None of us know all the answers, but we can take the time. Sure. We can take the time to explore. There's always another door. And that that I think is what separates those who do their job and those who really do their job well. And those who are still in the profession, maybe 35 years after they started in it because they want to do that and yeah. they really want to do the best. This is what people hire us to do. It's why people come to us. Yeah. They want. You do it that way. I got, I think you got a better chance of staying in, in any of your professions longer because you're not burned out. Right. I mean, like talking to people is a lot easier than, knowing all the answers. It's exhausting to try to, first of all, you're not going to do it, but trying to know all the answers is exhausting. But reading and reacting to human beings is also difficult, but that's, it gives you while, while you're also giving energy. Well, it breaks down the barriers and it really demonstrates uh, that we are human beings and it's also okay to show emotion. We don't have to be an emoticon. We don't have to be an emoji, but we do have emotions and that's how we make the connection with somebody. There we go. Right. Don't there. just be an emoji. Don't don't oh, just be right. an emoji. Uh, I would pick maybe you know the little crap one, but yeah, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> um Leslie, I know what rehabilitation is, right? So I'm a physical therapist and I know what nutrition is, but what's rehabilitation nutrition? Walk me through that. Yeah, so when we think about that, we think about your patients that are coming to see you. And you know, what is it that's really going to optimize that session for them? So this is why we want to be asking the questions. If somebody is coming to see you in the afternoon, did they eat that day? 
Uh, did they have fluid before they came? Or are they coming on empty? You know, have they eaten so much that they feel a little nauseous when they're sitting on the table? So we need to kind of know, just as it's like a game plan, honestly, it's the same thing. That bout of PT becomes the activity belt for the day and you have to parenthesize it. So the first part of rehabilitation nutrition is thinking about timing is, are you going to get the most out of your PT session? Then this is what you need to think about. Before yeah. you even come into the room, what is it? that you have done or not. And certainly when we look at rehabilitation nutrition and we're talking about supporting the supporting structure. So what does that entail? Well, you know, are we eating in a way that is nourishing muscles and bones and joints and tendons and ligaments, all those types of things. If calcium's one thing, not the only thing. I have a lot of people, even uh, dancers with the ballets, oh, I take a lot of calcium supplements, but I eat four chickpeas a day. It's like, okay, that's a problem. So, you know, it's not either or. It's like all of those things. Are you getting enough protein? Are you dividing it out over the course of the day? Have you totally limited carbs? Have you taken them out of your diet entirely? Probably not great because where's the fuel to the brain? So think about what you need to do. All of these things are so much interrelated. And so, you know, this idea of really thinking about fueling to optimize my PT session means when, what, and how much. All those things need to be there. When, what, and how much. And I think the, the, the funny part, I'm thinking about this for me, right? Because that's what we always do is we put ourselves in and I'm sitting here listening to you. And I'm saying, man, you know, as a kid through college, you can get away with eating literally anything. And it's like just after college, right? You're hitting your 30s and you're going, wait, what just happened? Well, you can't get away with it anymore. Now it's catching up. You didn't just fall off a cliff. You were you were on borrowed you were on borrowed energy or whatever you were on borrowed health and wellness and now you know they're knocking they're saying where's the rent so working with working with professional athletes um, do you see a big difference like people who are going to make the jump from college to pros are they looking at not only are they putting in the reps on the field or in the gym are the people like can you kind of look and go this 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 guy this girl's paying attention to their nutrition that's going to give them an extra edge 10, 15%, which can be the difference maker. Yeah, well, first of all, in, in the NCAA, certainly in the D1 school, in the D1 program, they do have, the athletes do have exposure to sports dietitians and typically more than one. That is the rule, not the exception on campuses. D2, not really D3, unfortunately, no, because there's not enough money in those programs. Right. Now, and that also not just the expertise of that individual or individual, but also training tables. Oh, used to, like not in COVID. So, you know, so, so they're being exposed to more of those types of things on campus as well as team talks and this, that, and the other, all those things. When uh, my athletes make the jump to the pros, we use the NFL as an example. So, you know, a lot of these guys said, yeah, 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 I've heard some of that before. Now, not everybody listened, but you know, they heard it before in some way, shape, or form, but we create that environment that is conducive to success. That doesn't mean that there's never an Oreo around. It's not what it means. Right. It means that it's produce heavy. There's always protein choices that are there. Even now they're behind plexiglass, but oh well, it's a pandemic. And you know, so we, we provide the things for them that they need that makes it easier to optimize what they do. There's a lot of players now that are opting to have personal chefs and and now, yes, because they don't want to go out because they don't feel comfortable going out. So that chance to interact with them and really help that athlete to achieve the goals 
that he has or she has in professional sports. And then the other interesting thing, kind of the differentiator there is with money also comes the opportunity to do a lot of things of having a lot of influencers that may or may not necessarily be the most appropriate. So, you know, taking nothing away from the quarterback who just won the Super Bowl, that's a pretty extreme eating pattern. That's a very elitist eating pattern. That is not necessarily something everybody has to do. And it's one little component of why he is so great. I think at the end of the day, food is supposed to be enjoyable. It's not just an obligation. It's an occasion. And that we have to get back to that and not this elitism or I could talk for hours about that. It's a problem. Because there's just too much of that out there that's very conflicting. Jimmy, I've had players that have said, oh, in the offseason, I want to do keto. Okay. And so, yeah, not for me to say to them, what were you thinking? What a stupid idea. It's hard to try it and come back and say, you know, yeah, I lost some weight, but honestly, I had no energy during practice. Like, nah, nah, I told you so. And I don't say that. But, you know, they have to go through the process. I can't eat for them. They have to do that for themselves. But they come to me when they're asking my opinion or my advice, then I am more than happy to give it to them. So, so is I'm I'm guessing, and you're you're spelling it out pretty beautifully. It's it's motivational interviewing at that point. Like, so tell me tell me about this diet. How did it make you feel? Oh, so less less than optimal. Not a whole lot. So you lost a couple pounds, but you didn't feel like you had any energy. Like, what do you think we should do next? You didn't tell me to do anything. You just asked them three questions. Yes, and I think too, especially with professional athletes, because they are a whole different um, breed than uh, normal or real people. Us normal folk, you can say, you can say. So, you know, we really, but it's always on four things. So it's, it's physiology is one of them. And so if there's underlying issues we need to be thinking about, performance is certainly there. Physique is an important one and practicality. So if somebody says, my sole purpose in life is to have a six pack, well, what might happen is their performance may suffer because they're doing really funky things with their eating to have those ripped abs, and then they don't have the energy to do what they need to do. So, yeah, again, we have to find a way for all these things to converge instead of being conflicting. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a few, I mean, I don't know if I can call them fads, but I mean, like, I think these these are cycles. You mentioned keto. Things come in and come out, um, you know, in terms of, of nutrition. Um it seems like in PT and rehabilitation and exercise and in diet as well, things come in and come out of fashion. You might see them 20, 30 years ago and they come back. Same with exercise. Uh, talk, talk about some of those. When, when, when you mentioned that the, the, the DBT students that you teach at, uh, at Pittsburgh, how do you address those? Because that could be touchy because that PT might be trying a keto diet and a patient asks. And so how do you, how do you address those, um, you know, those newer sensations in diet? Yeah, and right, and it, and we can certainly just lead with, oh, that's that's stupid, and it's ineffective, and then you've totally lost that person, or you've offended them, or you know they're out the building and they're going to find somebody else. So I think it is important, though, is again these questions is how have you felt? What have you experienced with it? Hey, I'm delighted that you've lost some weight, but let's take a deep dive into that and let's talk about what that weight loss actually consisted of. And, you know, there was a lot of liquid loss. So that's showing up as down on the scale. But, you know, what are the unintended consequences? And that's oftentimes the way that I'll frame it when I talk about fad diets is the unintended consequences is, oh, somebody has done keto and now their LDL cholesterol is higher or the impact on the microbiome. The cyclist that I'm working with right now is a really big deal of things that he's been doing. And it's going to take a long time of 
getting his body back to some state of health. Again, people aren't thinking about that because right. you're just focused on the physique. You're not thinking about those other variables. So, you know, that is, is as PTs are busy over the course of the day, there is energy expenditure. There is, there is verbal expenditure. There's all these types of things. You have to be as fresh for the client. That's your last one of the day as you do the first one of the day. And if you find that you're dragging by 10 in the morning because of what you're eating, that's a problem that is Correct. impacting your quality of work. So we'll talk about it in that regard. Also talk about things related to cost. You know, wh while a, a PT student is not making the dollars that a PT is in practice. And so a lot of these things are really, really pricey. So, you know, it's that investment in the short time or what is the ROI on what it is that you're doing and you know, the practicality of it or the isolation associated with it. Well, I'm eating keto, so I really can't go out because, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, well, of course, nobody's going out right now. Anyways, but before COVID, is, these were some of the things that I think are critically important. So you know, whether it's keto, having dialogues about supplements and you know what people choose to do or do in place of something else, less is more or my three favorite words, more is not better. It gives you very expensive urine. So, all right, you know, how do we figure that out? I mean, these are all things that are critically important. And at the end of the day, do I win all the arguments? Hell no. But at least I put forth something for people to consider. Right. That's you gave, what I to you gave them something to think about. You were there to listen. And then you at, you gave them some things to take away and consider for themselves. Um, uh, I won't, I won't put you in a corner and make you, make you pick the best of, but let's talk about what types of nutrition for, for are, are good for injury and inflammation. What foods do or do not, uh, work well with inflammation? What foods are used that, that, you know, you see in, in recovery? What are some tactical things that yes, PTs, we need to, we need to go into a little bit of a deeper dive. We probably should, uh, add some more of this like Pittsburgh does uh, in their in their PT program. But uh, get get specific on things that, that you see work well. Okay, so let's talk about inflammation first. And I'm going to start with uh, all of the myths that are out there of the misinformation about inflammation that is, is you've got to not eat this. So you can't have dairy because it causes inflammation. Absolutely nothing in the literature to show that that is the case. Wow. Uh, so does that mean everybody has to consume dairy? No. However, if somebody does opt to do that and they're getting the protein and if they're picking fermented dairy beverages, they're getting the probiotics, they're getting the vitamin D, they're getting other things that are critically important to help to combat inflammation. Um, the nightshade family is a big thing. All right. Right. You don't eat those foods. Now, tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, eggplant, all these types of foods, all plants contain phytonutrients and those phytonutrients actually have anti-inflammatory effects. So when we think about food, yes, macros are there, micros are there, phytos are really where it's at when it comes to helping with inflammation. It is those substances within the plants that actually have the impact on the COX-1 and COX-2 enzymes. So if we're really trying to help people be less inflamed from the inside out, this is critically important. Now, the downside of that is it's like, okay, I ate a beet, so the next day I never have to take a Motrin again. No, but it really is allowing oneself to try and build that up and think about those foods having a therapeutic benefit to them is critically important. The uh, omega-3s, so they, the benefit of doing that with the fish and even something like a mackerel, sardines, inexpensive, king salmon, 
a little bit more pricey. It is, but the fatty fish, actually the benefit of that is that not only are the omega-3s, which definitely help to lower inflammation, but it's also a source of protein. So because one of the things we worry about when somebody is having chronic inflammation is the effect on muscle protein synthesis. It's not in the positive direction. So it's not just I take a fish oil supplement. It's no, no, no. What am I doing food-wise that's helping to combat some of that breakdown that I might be seeing? So, and, and then, you know, a lot of people was like, oh, yeah, well, chocolate is anti-inflammatory. Well, you know, that would be nice, but no. No. I would love that. Yeah, me too. But no, it's a, it's a relatively small list of foods that actually, with research at this point, have been shown to have the benefit. So fish is one, beets, pomegranate, tart cherries, berries, uh, pineapple a little bit, turmeric, and ginger. That's it. And not a ginger snap and not a ginger ale. It is actually the ginger itself. So logistically, you have to use a lot of it. So I actually just did with my two colleagues, we did a, a course for MedBridge or three courses. So one was inflammation, one is injury, one is immunity. And Leslie did the videos all the way through. So a little bit of that entertainment that's there about how to make a smoothie smoothie and all this kind of stuff. But that also helped people to feel more empowered and more engaged and more proactive than, oh, we'll just take a pill. I mean, an M said, I okay, sometimes you need it, but that's the bandage approach. You're still not doing the other things that we want to do that really help to prevent that inflammation. And that's the behavior change that physical therapists and RDs and AT, I mean, this is the behavior change that we're working for. And I hope the, uh, the, the audience caught what Leslie never said, which was never and always. You never said, this is never, this is always. Everything is kind of somewhere in the middle. This is bad. Well, okay, hold on a second. Where does it say in the research that this is bad? So it's, is it never, is it always? No, it's it's very rarely never and always. PT students on tests, if you see never and always, maybe that's uh, not not necessarily, it feels safe, but uh, that's you, you're usually an indicator of, uh, of, of technically a trap answer. So be, be aware of those. But I like how you, you never, you didn't really say never or always. No, because it, it, if we say that to somebody right off the bat, then they're gone. All right, you've insulted them in some way, shape, or form, they shut down. And it's very easy to see that in somebody's facial expression, yeah. what they're shutting down. They don't want to hear it. You've lost their trust right there. So if, if somebody uh, dialogued with me about some things I really have a concern with, we'll have a conversation about it. And hopefully maybe we get to some alteration in that or door number two or whatever it is. But again, meeting people where they are, their portal of entry, not our agenda. It is their agenda. That's From the point of injury is probably you know, one of the most important things when we're when we're addressing muscle health and we're addressing bone health is you know a lot of people have have heard about the importance of protein I mean, we won't discount that but it isn't just grams and first of all we you know, we've got to translate figures to food we don't eat grams we eat right. food unless it's a graham cracker maybe otherwise that's <laughs> not what it is that we're doing so what does that look like well it isn't just x number of grams of protein a day it's how do you divide that over the course of the day even distribution of that protein and composition of that plate is critically important to do i have many Many of my my athletes, uh, non-athletes or real people that if they've had injury, it's like, oh, shut it down. It, I can't eat because, oh, my God, I'll blow up like a balloon. Well, there are calories used in healing. So 
problem number one. If you cut the calories down too low, forget it. It's going to take that much longer to heal. So we've got to take that into account, but we have to be creative. And especially if somebody is less physically active as an athlete than what they would normally do, how do we get creative? So my challenge is always, how do I find the fill up for them without the fill out? can do that, but it isn't necessarily how low can we go. It's never the limbo approach. That's not what we are trying to do because, again, we lose people because there they are in deprivation, denial, all those types of things, and they're out of there. Well, then you get to perception, right, and our, 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 our misperception on food, right? I want to eat less because I want to look better. And it's like, well, actually, what, what are you eating? How often? When? What else are you doing? I, I heard – I just, I just saw this the other day, which was um, – you know, if you had a dog and your dog was put on a couple extra pounds and you said, hey, I want you know, my dog's looking a little unhealthy, doesn't move as much. Would you put your dog on a juice cleanse? No, you'd probably cut portion. You'd probably look at portion control. What, what am I feeding him? You probably take him for a few extra walks a week. And like, you know, so kind of look at the you would go back to the basics in terms of function and, and what are you putting in and what are you getting out? Right. And and preserving, certainly from the standpoint of muscle, the goal is to preserve. You know, the not to be in breakdown. And so that, that's why this is so critically important because the more we lose, the harder it is to put that back on again if we are right. trying to reestablish muscle mass. So, you know, it's absolutely essential that we do that. And, and you know, for people have to have to understand it's not easy. People think eating is easy. The act of eating is easy. But when we involve the gray matter, that all that stuff starts. And we got, I mean, and you, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, PT students, which I mean, I was one just a couple of years ago and you're right. Like it's easier to make a cheap choice, especially if it's within arm's reach, right? If you're, if you're on campus or if, you know, if you're at the checkout counter, it's a little easier just to grab something. Um, I saw, I thought a positive change, a lot more people in, in, in who I network with, a lot of meal prep and a lot of thinking about that. And that's, you know, who you surround yourself with is always a, is a, is a good example. Um, you mentioned a couple courses on MedBridge. Uh, give some people some uh, places they can go as well as uh, your resources, your blog. Yeah, so, uh, and I, I'm not sure when they're going to be out. I'm hoping in this next month or so is the MedBridge courses. It's uh, nutrition and the immune system, nutrition and inflammation, and nutrition and injury. Those are the three things. Uh, I think some great information from SCAN, which is the Dietetics Practice Group of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. It is the Sports Nutrition Practice Group, and just some really practical information, a lot of handouts that really would be great to use with your patients as well. Those, those two, I think, are, are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's always good when you can have that conversation. Um, you know, uh, uh, I make suggestions, you make decisions was something I hear. That's, that's one of the dudes on Pel Peloton, Dennis Morton. He says that all the time. I make suggestions, you make decisions. It says, I'm putting this back on you. Nothing happens unless you do it. And, you know, the other thing I would add to that is whatever our recommendations are, um, it's not necessarily not what we would do. It's what we are going to help that patient to do. And that also means practicality. So there's a whole dialogue about eating. And I feel very strongly about this because I'm sure everybody that's listening today, we all have had experience with patients who maybe have lost their job during this pandemic and now they're food insecure. And that may not be something they're voicing to you Correct. with high school athletes. You know, 
their homeschooling and guess that they didn't have breakfast and lunch because it wasn't there. And why aren't they healing? Well, maybe they're doing something wrong. Maybe they don't have food. And now that's a very hard thing to talk about, but it, it comes back to this aspect if we don't judge what other people eat. And I'm a very, I, I have done videos from the dollar store because guess what? That's sometimes where people shop and put together yeah. a recipe book based upon foods from a food pantry because that's what people have. It needs to be that way. Meet them where they are. We, we, we had an episode not long ago talking about, I had heard of food deserts. And yeah. then this new term or a term that was new to me was a food uh, swamp, which is you have access to food, but everything around there is kind of a, a poor decision or a less than optimal decision. So somebody was doing um, uh, a nutrition study or, or a look at uh, what was being sold in dollar stores and where they're popping up or dollar generals, because a lot of people are using shopping carts and turning those into where they're buying their groceries. And a lot of those decisions are cheap. And that's what people are able to do. So you cannot judge, but you have to Figure out a way to put that in the puzzle, whether you're a physical therapist or a dietitian or you're an AT or you're somebody in the healthcare team. What am I not seeing? Going back to that Ryan Clark example, what am I not seeing here? What am I not asking? Because the patients will most likely tell you. And they will. And we ask with compassion and right. we ask without judging. And you know, we're, we put the emotion into what it is that we say. You know, I On my website, I have videos of wealth on the shelf. And I specifically did them that way to say, okay, you know, here's some things. You could take some beans. You could take some salsa. Boom, boom. You can do this really fast. And it doesn't cost a lot of money. Practical. You can do that with a box of mac and cheese. Maybe, oh my God. And you could add some cannellini beans and some peas to it and some evaporated milk. And you got something that's pretty darn tasty and it doesn't cost a lot of money. So, you know, that that's it is, you know, we might have our own way that we eat and that's fine. And we keep that to ourselves, not right. to that other person to make them feel bad. Because you just took two steps back. Uh, I want to make sure people can connect with you as well. Uh, ActiveEatingAdvice.com and your co-founder, Sports Nutrition Consulting Group, Performance360, Performance365.org. Love that. Uh, are you ready for three questions? Okay. Let's do three questions right, right now. Let's, let's have a simple point. Happy travel physical therapists start here. As a travel PT or PTA, you get to decide where, when, and how you do what you do best, which is provide quality care to your patients. With a traveler first mentality, that means you get full control of your healthcare career so you can create the travel lifestyle you love and deserve. With uh, detailed job transparency as well, you can seriously choose your own adventure. Start your adventure at fusionmedstaff.com. That is fusionmedstaff.com, powering three questions. All right, Leslie, first question is a where question, all right? Once it's safe to move about the country again, right, once we're uh, once we're all good, where's somewhere in the 50 U.S. that you've just got to go? Where are you itching to go first? Uh, you know, I, I would say it's going to be Hawaii because my husband's never been. So, and and it's cold and snowy here. <laughs> it's like, bleh. So I'm ready. I'm ready for warmth. I need it. And here's the cool part. People say all the time, well, I'd love to go to Hawaii, but uh, there's probably no positions there. There are. There are. I know several. I know lots of people who've done positions in Hawaii and Alaska, which get brought up a lot. 
there are people there. And so there are positions. So check them out again, fusionmedstaff.com. Want to go to Hawaii? Be a travel physical therapist or PTA. Do it there. Uh, second question is a, what's a what question. This is how I stack up my uh, my reading list or my Netflix queue or my podcast uh, uh, app. What's something you think the audience should read or watch or listen to that they just gain value from? Mm, oh, my God. All right. So if we're looking for something um, – nutrition related of something that I really like. There's a couple. One is the environmental nutrition newsletter. Love that one. Environmental nutrition. Oh, I had one. Oh, here it is right here. There we go. Sitting right here. Environmental, environmental nutrition. The other one is Tufts health and nutrition letter to UFTF. They're both really, really good. And they're nice and short, so it's not painful to read. They always cover different topics every month. And then they'll usually do some comparison charts, which are kind of cool on things that people actually do eat, not some esoteric things out there. Practicality and portion control in content, right? Don't give me a, maybe, hey, maybe, maybe a book's too much. Give me I a newsletter. I want a white paper. I want an appetizer. There you see, Leslie's got all the, uh, she's got all the breakdown. Uh, last uh, question on three questions. It starts and ends with people. Who is someone the audience should know more about? Me, of course. Obviously, Leslie. that's why you're here. Right, right. yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I certainly love to do this. I'm all about collaboration, not about confrontation. That's the way it should be. But I would say for all of you listening, find the dietitians in your area. Use them as a resource. This can be an absolutely fabulous collaboration. It's a win-win all the way yeah. around. I had a buddy who just opened up a, a PT clinic in my hometown here. And uh, one of the first things he did was, who are my massage therapists? Who are my dietitians? Who are my ATs? Who are my surgeons? And it was just this. It well, it was actually elbow bumps, not not handshakes. But it was let's. These are the people in your neighborhood, right? We go back to Sesame Street and let, make sure you know those people uh, who are in your neighborhood. So uh, sometimes they act like Oscar the Grouch, and sometimes they're the Cookie Monster, and they share. Well, yeah, but bird and they're crazy. Think about what you just did for your patient, right? If you did the research and you realized, hey, this uh, massage therapist kind of a grouch, and then you you're like, well, I don't want to send my patient there. You did the research for him, and now you know what you're going to get on the other side of that rainbow. I mean, my buddy went to several massage therapists, didn't tell him he was a PT opening a clinic, and just said, I'm here for this. And he went through the customer experience and said, this is someone I would want my patients to see because they get it. This is how I treat. So knowing your local, uh, you know, RD, that's a fantastic uh, piece of advice. Uh, last thing we do on the show, it's called the parting shot. Let's do the parting shot right now. No pressure. Parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of orthopedic physical therapy. And uh, you know, you know, you want to be a confident, up-to-date orthopedic physical therapist. That's what you want to do. You want to be the best for your patients. In order to do that, you need an easy way to get the latest information so you can best serve them. Problem is new information comes out every day and you don't know how to have time to keep up with it, which can make you feel overwhelmed and left behind. Maybe you're thinking about leveling up your game with an OCS. Maybe you want to get your orthopedic uh, specialization. They get it. They know what it's like to feel that way, which is why they created current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. It's the roadmap, all right? It's the way to go from where you are, right? A little overwhelmed, left out, to confident and competent. That's what you want. Uh, to get it, go to orthopt.org, register for current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy, and that's it. You begin your journey 
to being a confident and current orthopedic PT. Current concepts of orthopedic PT at orthopt.org. All right, parting shot. This is kind of like your your last chance for your mom. You've had several. Like, I mean, you, you've you got the, you know, eat grams, not graham crackers. I'm going to remember that one for a long time. Be the pit crew. But what would you want to leave with our audience of PTs tonight? I think the most important thing for people to realize is that food is what unites us. It should not divide us. Mm. It is not supposed to be divisive. Let's let food work for us. And let's find the way to have those conversations with our patients about everything that's critically important to them so they can strategize, optimize, and realize their goals. Yeah, it's it really is a relationship with food. And like you said, like it unites us, but people's relationships with food differ as a physical therapist. You got to figure that out. I like the fact that we, we had you on, we just had a, an episode last week about sleep and these are things that are, you know, close in the PT scope of practice, but things we need to be better at and learn more. So nutrition, sleep, along with rehabilitation, big, big pillars and big components in that thing. Love that. Uh, Leslie, love this. This is a great conversation. We got to have you back pretty soon. I, I feel like you could just drop some more uh, great wittiness and puns uh, all day about food. So thank you so much for doing this for us. Okay. Oh, you are certainly welcome. It was great. Love to be back. Thank, thank you. Cheers. Love the PT podcast. Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right. Show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting to providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pintcast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pintcast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.